Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is uh, the 15th of September, uh, 2021. It's a Wednesday. It's 2 o'clock, just after 2, as we record. I don't know who is late today. It, it might it might have been me. I am Mike A-Race, longtime host of this show, I think you can say now. Just long time, period. Here with uh, Jacob Myers, uh, our fine crew beat writer, and of course the striker, Kyle Robertson, the finest sports photographer in Ohio. Well decorated and looking to move on to, to doing portraiture of, of uh, major disasters sometime soon. Let's start with uh, Jacob. Let's start with last night's game. There's a couple of games we have to cover. One being what was the eighth loss in nine games uh, at Inter-Miami. And then last night's game, a two-to-one victory over the Red Bulls in the lower dot-com field. That was a huge win for them, only, as, only in that if they lost, well, not only were they probably done, although we've been kind of kind of hanging at that for a while. Well, look at the stand. We'll get to the city. Tell us what they're saying coming out of last night's win and give it a little description for us, Jacobs. I think their description of the game was very honest. The first half was nowhere near good enough. They And I wrote about this for Thursday, but what's the team last year? How they had few chances that early on they would seemingly always capitalize on them. Then they can rely on their defense. They had a great chance early on with Luis Diaz, missed that, and then they make a defensive mistake and they're behind the ball again. Just couldn't get things rolling in that first half. But off the bench, Alex Matan, Miguel Berry again, uh, can't say enough good things about that guy right now. Uh, they were fantastic and you know got the crew over the hump when they needed it most against a team that was you know is one of the poorest in the league but uh, cer- certainly one that they needed moving forward here with nine games remaining nine games remaining Kyle give us your take on it the first half was uh, was depressing I was in the stands Jacob was uh, eating well in the press box I presume and <laughs> Kyle you, you had yeah. a, uh, a different view of the game from yeah. someone else's camera lens yeah, I thought things started to really change when they made that sub when they brought or the three subs and they uh, and Matan kind of came in and kind of got things going. I mean, I really enjoyed watching him on that left side. Um, and I think that even pushed Zeller on a little bit to the left, too. Um, you know, I think the, uh, the, the game winning goal was was Zeller on taking a shot in the left. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, like you said, I mean, they, they, they came out flat and, and, and I think I've been saying this all year. I really like having two strikers, uh, up top. And I thought, especially the way Barry has been kind of falling up and getting those kind of those, uh, you know, those easy kind of goals or not easy, but the, the closer goals off rebounds. I don't know why Caleb doesn't switch that to, to start the game. Well, I like the two striker look too. Um, he's used it sparingly. I mean, Part, part of the thinking here is, Jacob, there's some people getting healthy now. Zardes made his first starts in, in how long? He was out two or three weeks. I'm trying, he got hurt in the road game at Red Bull, yeah. so it was about a month ago. And so he's back in, and, and he played a goodly amount of time before he was subbed out. Actually played a part in their first goal. And Josh Williams is, is now um, yeah. he's now fit. He's now fit. Yeah, he's started he got his first start against inter miami played the whole match had the one mistake obviously in that which was the difference but uh in the game before that too against orlando you could see the difference he makes when he goes into the game and you know the defense played pretty well in general the first half was a little more shaky than the second half looked like a return to the defense we saw most of last year but josh going in certainly made a difference but to your point kyle when they changed formations in the second half they went to a 4-4-2 diamond nagby more high up the pitch on the right that made a huge impact and you saw he was able to get forward and into the box and finish that goal and back to injuries um it was this scary moment just a minute into the game last night when um 
Pedro Santos went noggin to noggin with the with the Red Bull player, Red Bulls player, I should say, and was uh, he wasn't stretched off, but that was a long delay, and he did come off. Um, he did come off the field. Do we know anything about that uh, yet, Jacob? No, we'll get an update Friday. Uh, normally, the answer we get after games is that. Caleb Porter hadn't talked to the trainer yet, so don't know. But I think we can safely assume that he'll be in concussion protocol. I mean, he was helped off the field, was looking pretty woozy coming off the field, too. We, we can see that because the tunnel to the locker rooms is right below the press box. So, yeah, left back is uh, now kind of a, a question mark with Milton Valenzuela out because of hamstring tightness. Just my hunch is because it's tightness they're just being cautious and it was only three days after the last game still it's a little concerning because he only played 45 in that last game so uh, you wonder how long it's going to take him to fully be able to be 90 minutes fit again and then Waylon Francis is in uh, health and safety protocol after the day before so that's Monday's round of testing so you know if Santos is out you're looking at hopefully Valenzuela can play against uh, the revolution or you get uh, Saad Abdul Salam in there again, who I thought was just so-so, yeah. but cer- certainly a, um, a, d- a downgrade there. And it's tough when you lose, you know, three players at one position. Right. And we're going to get to that uh, schedule. Out. Let's, let's get to it right now. The crew is in ninth place with 30 points in 25 games played. In eighth place is Montreal, 31 points. And then just above the bar is D.C. with 31 and seventh, Philadelphia in sixth with 32. And look at Miami uh, in fifth place with 32. And then fourth, New York City FC with 35. Third, Orlando with 38. Nashville with 41. And in first place, the Supporters' Shield leading New England Revolution, 55 points in 25 games. Jacob, nine games remaining for the crew. Every team above them has two games in hand. So this is a long road for them yet. Yeah, absolutely. But there, there is a road. There is a path. The only team of those five through ten, I believe, if you go by points per game, the crew, <laughs> the crew are in tenth. But if you if you go by that, the only team of those teams kind of jostling for position that they don't play is Atlanta. Every other team in there. Uh, Miami, Philly, D.C., uh, Montreal, they all have at least one more game against them. And Philly, as well as what, Orlando's home. So Philly and D.C. are on the road. So this is all to say the path yeah. is there. They just got to win important games coming up. And, you know, you have five home games remaining, only one of which is against a team that is for sure going to make the playoffs in Orlando. So look at like we've been saying, they just got to capitalize at, at their games at home. And you look at that second half, that looked like the team we saw most of last year. The first half is just the team that we've seen most of this year. So it's so hard to really judge where it's going to go from here. Now, it's, it's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded. You know, they started the month with the 3-2 loss, loss at Orlando City. And if I recall correctly, Jacob, they were down 3-0 in that game or 2 nothing in that game and came back. Right. And and I thought given who was out that match, you know, that was a they should have gotten a draw out of it. Lucas with a bad turnover atop the box. But in general, I thought they played decent and then kind of laid an egg at, at Miami. We're better in possession and all that, but it was still a lot of lifeless possession that we've seen this year. And then Miami on 9-11 at Inter-Miami, a one to nothing loss. Did that surprise you, Jacob? I mean, we've seen this team have some horrible bouts of offensive anemia. Inter gets a, a goal from um, Gonzalo Higuain and, and walk away with a one nothing victory. And that was uh, another in a line of teams 
that beat the crew and passed them in the standings at the same time. Just can you give us the thumbnail of, of your view of that game? Yeah, pretty simply, it's we'll start on the defensive end, which you had the terrible error by Josh Williams that mm. gifted a former Premier League striker um, a, a goal. That's always going to be a goal for pretty much the entire game after that. Um, Miami didn't have any looks. They didn't have a shot in the second half. So defensively played very, very well. Offensively, it was a lot of the same of getting in spots down the flanks, but not connecting on the cross or when they had a good cross, not attacking the ball. There was one Jossie Zardes had where it was right in front of him, didn't go for it. I think Luis Diaz had another. These are all things the players know too, and I think they would be honest about it as well. Uh, you saw even in this game against Red Bulls that there were a lot of missed crosses, as particularly from the right side. Um, so I, I guess I wasn't surprised. It was just really... I guess, disappointing when you have a game like that against a team right with you in the standings fighting for playoff position. And that's the type of performance you get. You just expect a little more. Kyle, you seeing anything out of this uh, team offensively? You know, last night, uh, tail of two halves, but uh, also sort of a, a picture of, of their season. You know, a, a good defensive team uh, lapses cost them at times. Generally, a solid defensive team and a, you know, a poor a, a very low scoring uh, a yeah. team. Let me see their uh, their goals for are 29 through 30 games and their differentials minus five. You know, New England, the best team in the league, scored 47 goals and uh, two fewer games. Actually, they played the same number of games. But do you see anything lately, Kyle, that uh, that uh, seems promising? They did have two goals last night. Yeah. They were shut out in Miami. They did have two goals at Orlando. They had three in the Hell is Real match against Cincinnati. Those are the last four games. So seven goals in their last yeah. four. Is it? Do, do you see anything that, that gives you any hope that they can be more productive offensively? No. I mean, <laughs> they're still not getting those goals that we saw last year from the run of the play. I mean, a lot of their goals have been, you know, the two goals last night, you know, were from like kind of a not a weird kind of, you know, miss ball header or whatever. And then Nagby kind of scores. And then the same thing with with Barry kind of coming in, you know, from short um, from a short distance. I think they're scoring, which is, you know, they need that. But they just haven't had the crosses into Zardes like they did last year. It seemed like this year, especially in the last couple months, like no one's getting the ball in. Like everything is focused around Zeller on trying to beat five guys. And, you know, I just they're just not consistently on every game is something different and they just haven't put it together in, in my eyes. I don't know how you guys see it. Yeah. I, I don't see a lot of, uh, again, it's that run of play stagnation off the ball. There's not a lot of creation, you know, uh, until Miguel Barry, there's really nothing coming off the bench that, that, that could light him up. What we should give him his due is Jacob noted this morning at dispatch.com yeah. 330 minutes, five goals for, for young Miguel Barry. And that was a nice one last night. You know, this game, again, it was, it was so big just to sort of release pressure, Jacob. Um, you know, the fans were starting to get, uh, a little, uh, a little truculent about the coach. Um, um <laughs> and, uh, I think I think the perception was that um, he had no switch to pull um, and that wouldn't have a switch to pull as they as they uh, tried to make a playoff push at the end. And, you know, at the same time, it was it was um, uh, teams that passed them in the standings, Atlanta, Miami, D.C. Those are 
those are uh, game. Those were teams right in front of them to take care of them. They didn't in that span, that awful span of uh, eight losses in nine games. So it was. I mean, did you? Are you sensing that that, that the pressure was ratcheted up? And and uh, if so, uh, how and why? And and how much did last night help to to sort of release some of that pressure? I guess we'll find out in the coming games, right? But I, I definitely think the pressure. Kyle, that was, was a, that was an evasive evasive answer there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're right. You're right. I, I I learned from the best, Mike. But oh, to, to your point, that the the pressure has certainly been on them. And and at halftime, players and, and Porter said this that uh, he challenged them at half that it simply wasn't good enough. And you know, I, I think you could say that for a few games recently, but certainly last night, the, the second half, you just need to see that more and more. So yeah, if they if they didn't feel pressure, then the six straight losses. Um, which there were a few good performances in there, but I, I don't know what else you, you need to happen to um, start to feel pressure. And we've talked about this with players specifically, um, even in the recent two games that they lost. I think you saw Lucas Elarion trying to do a lot more than I, I really think he has to. And then you saw he created the chance when someone's getting him the ball. Miguel Barry got him the ball. That you're getting Alex Matan driving at defenders and creating a chance. Yeah. Um, they, they just need more of that instead of these, uh, you need everyone doing individual efforts instead of your, your Nagby's and your Celerion's yeah. trying to do everything. Um, yeah. Porter, yeah. I think you, yeah. I was going to say, you uh, saw that yeah. in the, in, uh, in Diaz's, uh, uh, attempt, he tried to blast it past, you know, uh, kick the field goal, on the on the volley on the left side, you know that's you know he, he needs a he needs to capitalize on those moments, and I don't think the supporting players have done that this year. Yeah, and to go back to your question though, Mike, uh, Josh Williams made a great point in the Orlando game that when they equalized, it was it to him it felt like okay they had done their job instead of trying to push for that third goal because if you watch that game, they were very much on the front foot for the rest of that second half, could have gotten a result out of it. It was just a turnover that kind of gave it up. But Miguel Berry mentioned that last night is this game was different. They equalized, and I think it has a little bit to do with playing at home. But you get that tying goal, and you didn't see them let up. So they, they need more of that, and I think that is an example of them feeling a little pressure and needing to get results. So we're in another one of those stretches there uh, in this compressed schedule. They had their, uh, they're back at it Saturday night at New England. And then on the uh, a week from Saturday, um, they're home against Montreal. And as Jacob mentioned, that's one of five home games remaining. That'll take care of September. And then they're home against Cruz Azul in the Campione's Cup um, on the 29th. What, what kind of lineup will we see there, Jacob? <laughs> any, any? Uh, I, I mean, I laugh because it's one like who's going to get injured. <laughs> uh <laughs> it, it just seems to always be the thing. And it, but to your point, Mike, I think what your question is getting at is like, what what do you do? You, you're going for a trophy, but like you're also just trying to squeeze into the playoffs. Like, how do you balance that? Um, and I believe I believe they have a Sunday game on that weekend. So you do have an extra day of training. So I think you're able to give as close to a, a you know, all in lineup as you, as you can, because you have that extra day and then they have a week off after that. So right. um, that Sunday, that I, Sunday, we'll, that we'll Sunday. see, but they could go full lineup. Yeah. 
This Sunday, a game you point out, the, the uh, Cruz Azul game is on the 29th, and that's here. And then, then on the Sunday following, October 3rd, all of a sudden it's October. Woo! Uh, they're at Philadelphia, a uh, 4 o'clock game. So, um, you know, uh, it's what a tough – I mean, COVID's been tough on, on, on everyone, and, and there's, there's one uh, yet another indicator. Um, um, so – We'll see how it goes here. It's it's down to the nitty gritty. Uh, what what do you are you Jacob? You're sang you're sanguine about their chances of making the playoffs. I don't know. Uh, to give you the best answer, I, I think it's still unlikely at this point. But that's only because I haven't seen consistent performances like we saw in the second half last night against Red Bulls. If they do that, I, I think they can win all their remaining home games, and that would get them without any more road points to. 45 points and that'll put you right on the line this year I, I believe just because you have a ton of east versus east games where people are going to be tying each other or taking points from each other it's probably going to be a lower threshold than we normally see in a 34 game season um but look if they if they can string together the performance they had in the second half uh i don't think anyone doubts that it's there what do you think kyle I mean, they have to string it together. Like you said, it's just, you know, they're, uh, I'm not saying they're getting lucky there at the end, but like I said, they just, they just need to consist. I think they need to figure out. I like the two striker setup. I think whatever their one striker at this moment, the way that their wings are playing and everything is not working. So, I mean, I think, I, I think you try something different this weekend against new England. I say you, you, you throw something out there and see, cause I mean, you know what, if, if it works, hey, man, you might have a little lightning in a bottle and just kind of see something because obviously, what, the, the last 10 games, something's not working right. And I think maybe Caleb's a little too proud to kind of make massive changes and kind of figure it out. But uh, I think there's something. Some, so, something's not clicking. And I, and I think it's, it's hard because it keeps on changing. Uh, you know, for a while it was the defense giving up four or five goals. Uh, you know, then it was the offense and then, you know, the health. And it, it just seems like it's just – there's something going on, like throughout the whole entire season. Yeah, I'm I'm pessimistic. Um, uh, you know, you don't lose eight of nine going through August and into September, um, and and say um, we love our ch- playoff chances. I think by then there's a lot of who you are is has already been established. Um, that said, the the glimmer of hope there is, and I think Jacob's Jacob. Just uh, put his finger right on it. Is is you know, the, Montreal's really good. The, the home games are Montreal, Miami, another game against the Red Bulls, Orlando. That's tough. Um, and then they finish at home on November seventh against Chicago. So you know, five of the last nine at home. You know, there's there's a glimmer there. Uh, I'll admit that, but I, I'll remain pessimistic. Last question for you guys, um, Jacob. Unless there's anything we didn't cover that that you want to get out there right now. The only thing I'll add, in case people didn't see it, is um, Stephen Marrera, the right back they signed. He had his mm. visa appointment scheduled and was supposed to get in either this week or next week. And then you're looking at this guy hasn't played since May, so he's got some time for training. So I think before he can factor in a game, you're probably looking at early October, maybe the Philly game or, or after that. And that's not even starting. So if you're looking for reinforcements, it's going to be late and you got to get some results until he gets in there. But, you know, I, I haven't seen the guy, but I got to believe if if he's the um, one of the guys they looked at, they certainly looked at more and a couple fell through. I don't know who at right back. 
to replace Harrison Awful, you got to believe we know that that has been in an area on the right side, just getting crosses in that an overlapping right winger has been an issue. Getting him in could help a lot for this attack. So I, I think you're looking at probably the final five games or so for him to maybe make an impact. So not much of a, uh, yeah, help is not on the way necessarily. Um, so so they are what they are. The last question I want to ask you guys is if, if you saw the ticket prices for the uh, U.S. MNT's uh, match against Mexico, the national team's match against Mexico um, in Cincinnati on, on November 12th. Kyle, I heard you whistling, so you must have yeah. seen him. I mean, uh, you hopefully you have some extra coin laying around. <laughs> lowest, the lowest price ticket um, before fees is, um, is 145 and they go up to 900. And that, um, that's not resale. No, no, those are no. So, I mean, like, you look at that and you go, you'd be crazy not to wait for yeah. the secondary market. I imagine you can do better than that in the secondary market. But I don't know. When that's controlled by the Federation, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with the Jacob, four, doesn't Cincinnati has like four or 5,000 more fans? Do you think that might have played in the role over Columbus? I, I don't uh, know. It's, with standing room, who knows? For sure. <laughs> I, I think it was, a, I don't know if it was a big factor. It's really not. There's not a great If you factor in uh, standing room at, uh, here at the LBC, uh, as the kids call it, it's it's really, there's not a huge gap there. Um, maybe it's, who knows, it's probably bribes. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Jacob, what I wanted to ask you is, do you know when we can expect any announcement on what the tickets for the Costa Rica game are going to cost here? That I do not know. I just know they only recently sent out the media credentials or, or applications to apply for that. So I can only assume that the um, tickets to go on sale will will be coming soon. I know yeah. people, uh, I, I have a friend who is a part of whatever that U.S. club thing is online that gave you priority to get uh, tickets. And, and he got his tickets and others, I believe, have gotten theirs as well. But um no, I, short answer is no. I'm not sure when. I, I'm curious what those are going to look like, though. That is uh, October the 13th at uh, Lower.com Field. I, I think we'll just call it New Crew Stadium. Um, USA, Costa Rica, a big one. Um, and Kyle, they emerged from the U.S. men did. They emerged with, um, with no defeats coming out of their first cycle of three games. Um, I know there was a lot of pressure on Burhalter there. Uh, uh, heading into the third game after two draws, including one at home against Canada. Um, uh, and so uh, what, what's uh, your thoughts, your thoughts on, on, um, on the, the start? They're in third place uh, in what is now an octagon, the Ocho, um, which means they're in, they're in qualifying position after the first three games. Um, a mixed bag here, but I thought a, a good win in the third game. Yeah, I mean, you had a lot of guys that, uh, you know, uh, uh, star guys that who uh, were doing uh, things that they weren't supposed to do and missed the match or got kind of got, got hurt. So I think it was really good to see, um, you know, some of the young players in uh, the the Pepe train is uh, uh, going to be here for here for a while. So he looked really good uh, in that last game, uh, scoring the goal in the second half. Um, you know, a lot of the young guys played, played particularly well. Um, I was kind of bummed that, uh, Stefan, um, didn't get a chance to play. Uh, I think he had some back spasms. So Matt he, Turner, he, was, 
he did have back spasms, yeah. um, and 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 he also tested positive. So yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, um, so so yeah, as you predicted, uh, Turner started in goal. Yep, and he played. I think he played well. I mean, I, I think it's always good, you know, especially for the United for the USA to to have two quality uh, keepers. And I think they have that coming for you know you know moving forward through the rest of the seven games. Uh, the defense, I you know, um, you can say looked at times kind of shaky, but I mean they you know they they didn't lose you know and and, and I thought I thought Greg really kind of changed things up in the third game uh, with making kind of subs right away at the start yeah. of the second half. Where in the second game, I think he went you know pretty much until the very end with you know keeping the core group out there and, and making subs with like five minutes to go. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, making those subs and kind of getting a new, uh, some guys in there that, that, uh, ha- you know, played really well. I, I think all the, all the subs had some sort of uh, assist or goal in, in that last game. Right. They all factored in and it was a coming out party for Pepe and, you know, Greg, to his credit, recognized, um, that he had a big problem at halftime because yep. <laughs> it didn't look good then. And that By was his own res- doing for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. It was a resounding second half. So a, a good win and a, and a tough place to win. Um, you know, the players you mentioned out among them was Stefan and, and Gio Reyna and uh, Weston McKenney was uh, sent home after Party. violating. Yeah. After Party violating now. protocols, not the first time he's done it either. He got a little uh, slap on a wrist from Juventus for, for doing the pulling the same stunt earlier this year. That's too bad. But you got to think that or, or, you know, if you're a U.S. fan, you hope that, OK, these young guys were out uh, in this uh, trifecta. They'll, they should be fit for the next one. Then the U.S. will go into it with some momentum. So uh, there's some there's some optimism there, and certainly you talk about pressure. A lot of pressure came off of uh, Greg Berhalter uh, after the second half of of game number three in that cycle. So the thing is, they're never going to fire him. I, I mean, I pointed it out a couple times. Yeah. Who are you going to get? I mean, you know, you know, it's just like you just gone through uh, sort of more than. She's 18 months, two years of, of, of building this program and, and weaving in all these young players um, and doing it uh, with, with a, a sense of a, a esprit de corps that they developed with uh, trophy wins over Mexico. Right. I, I didn't see them pulling the plug. Uh, they got off to a tough start. They righted yeah. the ship. And uh, I think I think they're moving with, uh, if not a full head of steam, yeah. uh, they're adding some coal to the fire. Well, but they're all young. They're all they're yeah. all young and inexperienced. I mean, a lot of them it's their first time playing in 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 Concacaf, and it's it's not like <laughs> it is in Europe. <laughs> no, you go on the road in these games in Central America, yeah. and you know you're you're not in Kansas anymore. That's for sure. Kyle, Kyle, you mean to tell me at like the Bernabeu there isn't a cop with a riot shield behind the corner flag? <laughs> And then wouldn't move for the corner kick. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, you talk about the octagon. It looked, it looked like they were playing in an octagon yeah. uh, down there with the with the uh, with the fence. You know, all around. It's it's tough. Good job on them. Uh, we'll see if the crew can carry some momentum forward as well. Nine games to play. Uh, they're in a playoff push. Uh, they're a couple three points out of out of playoff position. Won't be easy. It's possible. For Kyle Robertson uh, and uh, Jacob Myers, I'm Mike Aries. Thanks for joining us on on the Speakeasy. Uh, look for for all of these fine journalists' work at Dispatch.com. Thanks again, Patrick Flaherty. Per usual at the dials, Patrick, you can kick us out of here now. Thanks. Thanks.